0: Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Glory to God. Last week, I was talking to you about uh, the authority that is ours in Christ, and we Pointed out that in order to understand authority, you really have to open your heart. You cannot just look at the Bible uh, casually. You know, they used to say that the old timers, when they went out west, we're going to be actually in the gold country uh, this week, you know, in California. And, uh, but in the days during the gold rush, people went out west, you know, seeking fortune uh, in, in gold. And uh, you could get by the streams and the rivers back then and pan for gold and you could live okay. There was enough gold, you know, coming down through the, you know, through the, falling out of the hills, you know, and getting into the water. You could pan for gold and collect, you know, little, little pieces of gold and take it to somebody that would buy it. And you could, you know, you could, you could have a pretty decent living. But if you really wanted to strike it rich, you had to dig. You had to set up a mine, you had to go into the mountain, you had to put some real extra effort into it, and you could come out with some real riches. Well, the Bible is sort of that way. If you just read the Bible, skim across the top, you know, and read it, even if you read it every day, if you don't delve into it and study it a little bit, you'll be blessed, but you won't get the real riches. And so uh, it's true concerning the, the truth of the authority that we have in Christ, I mentioned last week that authority is delegated power. That's what authority is. It's delegated power. We use the illustration of a police officer, you know, who is perhaps doing uh, traffic duty and and, uh, he stands in the the road to uh, direct traffic. And, uh, you know, when he steps out in front of automobiles, he doesn't have the physical power to stop an automobile. That automobile could keep coming and just flatten him. And he doesn't have that kind of power. But he has something actually that's greater than that. He has authority. He he is authorized to stand in that place and all he has to do is put his hand up. And uh, everybody hits the brakes, you know, and and, uh, I mean, little cars, big cars, 18-wheeled, you know, diesel rigs, they all come to a stop because somebody with authority is standing in the road. People generally understand authority. One of the problems we have in our nation, Willie, it's all over the world, but it's happening all the time in our nation now, is that people do not respect authority. We have a lot of people in our nation that don't respect the law, they don't respect law officers. Listen, you just can't do anything you want to do. And because I made this statement that it's, it's authority that the officer, we have an officer right here. We have another retired officer in the, in the congregation. But, but uh, our brother's a police officer. Now, I'm, I think whenever you took the job, you didn't just go in and they pin a badge on you and you went out. There was a ceremony. Weren't you sworn in? When, when Brother Ray was sworn in, he was duly authorized by the government that he represents and he was vested with the rights that go along with that office and he's been authorized by the power behind the authority. He's just one man. He's no different than you and me. Like I said, he can't stop an automobile by stepping out in traffic but because he has that badge, that badge represents his authority and if people don't Judge the authority. If people don't recognize the authority, if they try to overrun the authority, they might overrun him, but the power then will catch up with them. Isn't that right? Well, we have a lot of people in America today that that have no respect for authority. Listen, when a police officer tells you to roll your window down, you have to roll your window down. That is a lawful instruction by a law officer. If he says get out of your car, you have to get out of your car. You cannot sit there and say, you can't make me get out of my car. Oh yeah, he can. He is, a, I'm not talking about power, I'm talking about authority. He's been authorized to give you certain instructions that he deems necessary for the situation and people today want to, want to uh, deny the authority and then when the power comes down on them, they want to say, well, I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, you did. You didn't obey the authority. Amen. Listen, the devil knows and understands and recognizes the authority of the believer because it's the authority of the one who was was crucified, he died, he suffered, he defeated the devil, he was raised from the dead and it's his authority, he conquered the devil and it's his authority that's been given to us. The devil recognizes that authority. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I tell you what, the church, this is a message that, that needs to, like I said before, before Jesus comes back, we talked about times of restoration. This is, the one, this is one of the areas and one of the truths that must be restored in these last days, and that is the authority that belongs to the church. And the reason it must be restored is because the enemy is rising up like never before to try to silence the church. Amen. You see it all over the world. You see people being being murdered. Now, a lot of people call it being martyred. I call it being murdered. There's a difference. We have been given authority and we are not... A lot of people have the idea in America. They look at about they look at things that are going on around the world, and they just say, "Well, if somebody asks me, you know, if I'm a Christian and, and I know they're going to take my life, I'm just going to tell them I'm going to I'm a Christian. And I'll just let I'll just let them take my life." That's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to say, "Yeah, I'm a Christian, and you will not take my life." We weren't put here to 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 just allow the devil to run over us. Amen. I was listening to Terry Mize uh, on, on uh, TV the other night. He was preaching. He's a missionary that's been around for many, many years. And he was talking about one time he, he, uh, had, he was ministering in Mexico. And he came across the border into, you know, into San Diego and I guess somewhere, maybe went into uh, Los Angeles or something. But anyway, he came across the border to pick up some equipment for his ministry, some speakers, you know, some PA equipment. And uh, on his way back, he crossed back into Mexico and there's this guy standing by the road, you know, thumbing a ride. And so uh, he picks him up and he said they talked for a little while. You know, he had a teaching tape that he was listening to. And so, you know, this preacher was preaching, you know, in the, you know, in the uh, cassette Deck, you know, in the, in the automobile. This guy's going all along, you know. And, and, and Terry said he was kind of thinking in his mind, what, what can I do? You know, how, how can I present the gospel? I'm going to witness to that man. So what is my approach? You know, he's just checking his heart. How do, how do I present it? And so uh, he, he finally turned to, to the man that was riding with him that he had picked up and he started to talk to him about Christ. He said the guy reached inside of his, of his jacket, pulled out a pistol and stuck it right into his side. I mean, just almost pushed him over against the door. And he said, I'm gonna kill you. Now, what are you going to do? Terry Fies says, no, you're not going to kill me. I'm a child of God. I'm washed in the blood. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You're not going to kill me. He said, he pushed it in harder. He said, didn't you hear me? I said, I'm going to kill you. He said, didn't you hear me? You're not going to kill me. He said, I take authority over you and you're not going to kill me. I'm a child of God. You can't kill me. He said, pull over. So he pulled over. He said, I want all your money. He said, I'm not giving you my money. He said, didn't you hear me? I'm gonna kill you. And he said, didn't you hear me? I'm not giving you, You're not gonna kill me and I'm not giving you my money. This went on for, for a long, I mean, it's a long story. He gets out of, he orders him to get out of the car. So Terry gets out of the car and, and he said, now, give me your watch. So Terry said, all right, I'll give you my watch. He took his watch off. He, he wanted his wallet. And he said, I, I'll give you my money but I'm not giving you my wallet. I need my wallet. He said, the guy put the pistol right up on his forehead and pushed his forehead back against the... He said, I'll blow your brains out. And he said, no, you won't. I'm a child of God. I'm a Christian. I'm washed in the blood. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You're not gonna blow anybody's brains out. He said, what's wrong with you? He says, nothing wrong with me. I told you I'm a child of God. You're not taking my life. Long story short, he ended up giving the guy... Some stuff. He said, I tell you what, you look like you're somebody in need. I'll give you, he had had bought some other things from just some household supplies. He said, I'm going to give you those things because I know you need some money and you can go out and sell them. But you're not getting, he said, I want my my wallet back and I'm keeping my speakers and all the stuff for the church, you know. But I'll give you these other things. And you can go out and sell them and make some money. He said, by the way, if you want to, you can come home with me. I'm on the way home. My wife and kids are at home and, and we have an extra room. We'll put you up. I said, you're crazy. Don't you know I'm going to kill you? And he said, no, you're not going to kill me. My point is, we are not supposed to lay down and let people run over us. We're supposed to take the authority of the name of Jesus and say, no, it's not my time. I, I've decided today's not the day, and you're not taking my life. You're not cutting my head off. You're not clubbing me over the head. You're not de- just because I'm a Christian, I'm not going to die. In fact, I'm going I'm to witness to you, and you're likely to get saved. <laughs> the church has got to get a hold of our authority in Christ. Amen. We see it all over the world, and it's happening because many people in the world do not know they have not heard. Well, they've heard in Russia. Amen. And, and they turned their entire government around. I mean, they 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 actually conquered communism in their own nation. Hallelujah. Well, I'm off my subject, but that's all right. I'm on my subject, but I'm off my notes. Praise God. Glory to God. Go over with me to Matthew 28. We've looked at this before, but there's something something here I want to delve into a little bit more. Matthew 28. Hallelujah. This is after Jesus had been raised from the dead. He told his disciples to go to Galilee to meet him there. And Jesus came in verse 18 and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in, in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus stood and said, All authority has been given unto me. Well, when was it given to him? Something happened. We read last week and we went through uh, some of the different accounts of the ministry of Jesus, how that he went into the synagogue and taught. And, the, and it says that they were astonished at his teaching because he, he taught them as somebody that had authority. And in the synagogue, there were people who had, had evil spirits and he commanded the evil spirits to come out and wouldn't let them talk. And the people said, who is this that even the demons obey him? We see Jesus standing up in the boat, speaking to the wind and to the waves and saying, peace, be still. And the winds quieted down and the the seas calmed down. And again, they looked at one another and said, what kind of man is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. We see that Jesus exercised authority in this earth over all. All the forces of the darkness of darkness. when Satan came to him to tempt him, every time Jesus said, "It is written. Be, get away from me. It is written. He would not yield. He, the devil exhausted every temptation he had and finally left him. So we see that Jesus had authority in his earthly ministry that other people didn't have. Jesus had authority. When he was here originally in his his earthly ministry, he had authority over the devil and all the forces of darkness. Mankind, however, men in common, I mean in general, men did not have this authority. We see that, that people were enslaved to the devil when Jesus came and that's why he had to set them free. Well, how, you know, how did that happen? You see, originally, all authority in the earth had been given to man. Turn with me over to Genesis, the book of Genesis. You'll learn a lot by reading the first two or three chapters of Genesis. Amen. In Genesis chapter 1, when God created man, in verse 26, God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness now notice let them that is all of mankind let them have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and everything that creep every creeping thing that creeps on the earth in other words over everything that was created God said we are going to create man in our image and man is going to be given dominion. He said in verse 28, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion. God gave mankind in the beginning Dominion over all the earth. Now go over to uh, the 8th chapter of the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter 8. This verse will will come in to play a little later in our study. The 8th Psalm. David here is speaking. In verse 3 he said, When I consider your heavens, talking to the Lord, When I consider your heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the sons of man that you visit him? You have made him, talking about mankind, you have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the fields, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the seas. He said, everything you created on this earth, you put under the dominion of man. He said, I don't understand it. Because, of course, by David's time, man had lost that dominion. So what he's looking at, he's looking back at the beginning. And that's why he said, Lord, uh, uh, what is man? Who are we that you would even be mindful of us? Considering our state. Considering what's happened to us. What's befallen us. The condition we're in. Why would you even be interested in us? And in fact, you put everything that you created under our control in the beginning. See, mankind was given authority. Now, if you would, go over to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. This is the record of Jesus' temptation when he was tempted for 40 days by the devil. <clears throat> we won't read everything that he was tempted with. But let's start in verse 5. It says, Then the, then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of this, of this world... In a moment of time, and the devil said to him, "All this authority I will give you, and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomsoever I will. Therefore, if you will worship me, all will be yours." Now I've read commentaries, not just one but several, and this is the prevailing thought. This is the most common uh, explanation of this of this passage, and people have said that Satan was. Offering to Jesus something that already belonged to him. That Jesus was already the recipient of all of this authority. That everything belonged to him in this world. And therefore it wasn't Satan's right to give it. Notice he said, all the kingdoms of this world. He said, all this authority I will give you and their glory for it has been delivered to me. And I give it to whomsoever I will. These people said he didn't have the right to give it. Notice Jesus did not answer, devil, that's not your right. Notice Jesus didn't rebuke him and say, well, you're wrong. You're lying about it. What did, what did Jesus say? He answered and said to him, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, you will worship the Lord, your God, and him only will you serve. Don't you think if Jesus had known, and don't you think if Satan was had been lying, Jesus would have known it? And if he had known it, he'd have called him on it. But really, by not calling his hand, if Jesus believed he was lying, by not calling his hand, Jesus went along with the lie. So it had to, Satan had to have been speaking the truth, or else Jesus would have countered it. What did the devil say? The devil taking him up on a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. In other words, in a vision form. And the devil said to Jesus, all this authority I will give you and their glory for this has been delivered to me and I give it to whomsoever I wish. He said, all this has been given to me. Well, who gave it to him? It wasn't God. God didn't give it to him. We see that God gave it to Adam. God gave it to Adam and and Eve and to their descendants. He gave it to mankind. He said, have dominion over everything in the earth. Then we hear Satan say, it's mine, it's been given to me. Well, the only, the only way he could have gotten it was to get it from who had it. it. If it had been delivered to him, how, how was it delivered? It had to be delivered by the person who had it. Who had the authority. We see that God gave the authority to Adam, so Adam had to have been the one that gave it to him. And in fact, that's what we read in the New Testament about the fall of man. When Adam and Eve sinned, when they chose to listen to the devil, when they chose to give in to his temptation, yield to him, and disobey God, they surrender. They didn't intend to do it. They didn't have the moral right to do it, but they had the legal right to do it. The, the Bible in the New Testament says that uh, unto everyone to whomsoever you bow your knee to obey, that's whose servant you become. And when Adam and Eve chose to disobey God and listen to the devil and follow his instruction and obey him in in sinning against God, that's when they forfeited their authority. They gave it up. They didn't realize it, I'm sure, at the time, but that's exactly what happened. They gave it up and the devil took that authority from them. And all of the evils... All of the woes, all of the trouble, all of the death, sickness and suffering and discord that has happened throughout the ages in this earth is because man forfeited his rights. The devil became the the evil taskmaster over the human race, grabbed it by the throat. and He's been dominating and controlling it. And when Jesus came on the scene, that's exactly the condition man was in. Had been down through the centuries. But Jesus came on the scene, he was an entirely different man. He was born of a woman. He came into this earth in a a normal way, but he wasn't conceived in the normal way. He was born of a human mother, but Joseph was not his father. Amen. Amen. Gabriel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the the highest will overshadow you. When Jesus was conceived in the womb of of Mary, he was conceived without sin. He came into this earth. Yes, he was fully human, but he was a different man. He was a man that was sinless, without spot. He didn't have anything in his bloodline. He didn't have anything in his natural flesh that that gave him, uh, 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 that assured that he would yield to temptation like the rest of us had. He was free from sin and because he was free from sin, he was free from the devil's control. That's what's so remarkable about Jesus in his ministry. That's what made him such a, that's what made him the kind of man who could stand up and say to the wind and the sea, you stop it. Just calm yourself down. And the wind and the sea just obeyed. As he's the one that would speak to demons and say, come out. He would speak to the dead and say, rise again. And they'd come forth. Why did, how did he do that? Because he had the authority that God gave Adam in the beginning. That was the, that was the same authority Adam had. But man had forfeited it. Jesus came on the scene. And because he was born of a woman... He was authorized. You see, the the moral authority still belongs to man. But a man that is uh, in bondage to sin and has forfeited eternal life and has passed from, from life unto death, and that happens at the age of accountability, when that happens, a person forfeits their authority. The devil takes control. Jesus, that didn't happen to him. He walked fearlessly. Oh, glory to God. But then the the day came when he went to the cross. When he went to the cross, the Bible says that that he yielded to death. He, He was made subject to death, even the death of the cross. When Jesus went to the cross, he took the sins of the world upon himself he was judged with our sin. And when that happened, his, his relationship with the Father was severed. And that's why on the cross, he cried out for the first time in his life, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You see, spiritual death came. He was separated from God. He lost that authority for three days. But oh, glory to God. At the end of those three days, God raised him from the dead. Oh, hallelujah. Go with me over to Colossians. Look at Colossians. The third chapter of Colossians. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Excuse me, the second chapter of Colossians. Let's start in verse 13. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh he has made alive together with him having forgiven you all trespasses having wiped out It's talking about something Jesus did having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us which was contrary to us and having taken it out of the way and he has taken it out of the way having nailed it to the cross having disarmed Principalities and powers. He made a a public spectacle of them. Triumphing over them in it. This is what he did during those three days and three nights. When he suffered as someone that did not deserve to die. Someone who was not guilty. And yet he took on our guilt and our shame and our suffering. And when the three days and three nights had passed and judgment had been served for our sin, God said from heaven, it's enough. And when he said, loose him, the Bible says that Jesus rose up and it says here, he disarmed principalities and powers. Glory to God. One translation says, he stripped off from himself principalities and powers, making a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it that is in the cross. The Philips translation says, and then having drawn the sting of all the powers and authorities ranged against us, he exposed them, shattered, empty, and defeated in his final glorious triumphant act. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. When Jesus was raised from the dead, he rose up victoriously over all of the forces of the evil one and of all of the forces of darkness, but he did not do it for himself alone. He did it for us. Hallelujah. That's why it says in in, uh, the previous verses, and you being dead in, the tresp- in your trespasses, and this is verse 13, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Oh, hallelujah. You see, when Jesus was raised from the dead, that's when all authority was given to him in heaven and on earth. Glory to God. And he immediately transferred that authority to the church. Glory to God. Now let me, let me just interject something here because when you teach on this you, know, you can't say everything in one session and sometimes people can get the wrong idea people can start hearing about our authority that we have in, in Christ over all demons and sickness and, and, and then they wonder well why can't I get everybody free what about my loved ones, they're suffering and, and, and I can't do anything about it you have to remember that Jesus, when he was here, he had a th- before he went to the cross, he had all authority. Did he not? Did he not have authority over demons? But you see, he didn't get everybody set free. Go over to uh, Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. Then he went out from there and came to his own country, that is to Nazareth. And his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which was given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Hold your place right here. Hold your place and go over to Luke. This is what Jesus preached in the synagogue. Look at Luke chapter 4. Here it just says he taught in the synagogue. In Luke chapter 4, it tells us, tells us what he taught. Verse 16, he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and as he, his custom was, he went into the Sabbath, went into the synagogue rather on the Sabbath and stood up to read. It was handed him the book of the prophet Isaiah. When he found the place uh, where it was written, he read, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down, and all the eyes who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And all bore witness and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? is that what happened here in Mark chapter 6? It says, uh, who is this man? Verse 3, Mark 6, 3. Is this not the carpenter? the son of Mary, the brother of James and Josie, that's that's, uh, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. And Jesus said, no prophet, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country. He said, no prophet has honor in his own country or among his own relatives or in his own house. And he could not do any mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people. In the Greek, it reads sickly people. In other words, people who are just barely sick, just a little light thing. No crippled people. Listen, there were crippled cripple people in Nazareth that should have been healed. There were blind eyes that should have been opened. They weren't open that day. There were deaf ears that should have been opened that weren't open that day. And it said, that, it didn't say he wouldn't. It said he could not. Jesus could not do any mighty work there. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Why was that? They were offended. They didn't receive him. They said, We know you, you're not anybody special. Listen, just because we've been given authority, you can't just push authority off on other people. The authority that we've been given primarily applies to enforcing Satan's defeat in our own life. That's, that's the primary function. We're to take the authority of that God gave us and we're to break the power of the devil over our life and then minister to that to people who are open and receptive. But when people aren't open and receptive, you can't do much. Well, why can't I get my mom delivered? Well, does your mom want to be delivered? What, what, what does she say? What does she believe? What has she spent her life believing? Yeah. Yeah. And besides that, you know, your relatives know you. And they know you used to be a knucklehead. Come on now. They remember all of the dumb things you did. They remember all the foolish things you did. They they remember all of your acts of, of, uh, all your unwise acts. Jesus didn't have that. He had never done anything wrong. He had never made a bad decision. He hadn't gone out and sown his wild oats. He had never gone out and acted like a crazy person for, you know, for several years and, you know. No, he didn't have any bad reputation and they were still offended at him. You think they're not going to be offended at you? Some will and you won't be able to help them. Somebody else can though. See, very often the Lord will open people's hearts to somebody else rather than to their relatives. Because, you know, they remember you back then. But somebody else comes on the scene and God can open their heart and and that person can minister to them and get help to them. But again, people have to open their hearts. Amen. Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also. But, you know, he was talking collectively I said he was talking collectively when he said the works that I do shall you do also. He wasn't talking just to Pastor Greg. Listen, no one man will ever walk in the full measure that Jesus walked in. No no one man. The body of Christ. The body of Christ is the fullness of Christ. Everything that's in him is in us collectively. How in the world could we do greater work? How can any man do greater works than Jesus? I mean Jesus did everything right. He was fearless in the face of death and disease and demons and storms and 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 anything else that would come his way. How could any one person do greater works than him? but collectively we all can. Amen. The spirit was given to him without measure. The spirit is given to us by measure, all together we have the measure, the full measure of Christ. Oh, amen. And, and each one of us can exercise authority in our realm. Amen. And we're supposed to. And the church is, is learning in these last days what it means to rise up like Christ in your situation. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Let's stand up and give him praise for a few minutes. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you Father. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah! Thank you, Father. Praise the Lord. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Father, we're, we're so appreciative of the authority that's ours in Christ. And that in these last days, the church, the church, the church, the body of Christ, will rise up as Christ in this earth and not only do the works that he did but do greater works glory to God Father we thank you for that we thank you Lord for the restoration of character, the restoration of power, the restoration of the authority of Christ Hallelujah praise the Lord glory to God, glory to God glory to God, glory to God Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. Now let me just say it, I'm gonna say it again. There are some people who will try to convince you that as an individual, that you will be able to be just like Jesus in every respect, that you'll, have, you'll be able to operate in everything. he op- It's a pipe dream. I'm telling you, that's a pipe dream. It's a, it's a spiritual air castle. Spiritual air castle. All that Jesus is, all that Christ is, is embodied in His church. We must have one another. This person and this person will have gifts and abilities I won't have. And there'll be some anointings they'll have that I won't have. Well, if I don't have what they have, how can I do what they do? Jesus could have done it. See, Jesus could do it all. But you'll have abilities and you'll have gifts and you'll have anointings that I won't have, and vice versa. We have to have one another. It is the body of Christ who is Christ. I'm not Christ. You're not Christ. But the church is Christ. Do you see that? And that's something that has to come into focus because it's not been represented right. Amen. It takes the whole church. And when you multiply it, oh hallelujah, when you multiply it by ten, when you multiply it by hundred. When you multiply it by a thousand, when you multiply it by ten thousand, when you multiply it by a million, when you multiply it by a billion. Woo, you're talking about greater works. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's the church. That's the church. That's the church of the last days. We're talking about the church of the last days, not the church of the former days, the church of these days, the church of the last days, praise God. We will arise like a spiritual giant in the earth and do the very works of God. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Well, it's good, isn't it? Hallelujah. We're learning. We're coming into the knowledge of the truth, the mystery. We're getting a hold of the mystery. Amen partakers of the promise in Christ through the gospel. Glory to God. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching.